welcome to the fifth episode of Artist Avenue. For this episode, I'm joined by Tabby Rose. Tabby is a professional dancer and specialty act. After completing her training when she was only 19 years old, she was fortunate enough to back some incredible contracts which took her around the world. Her story of resilience and perseverance is inspirational. As always, follow your hearts and your dreams. Be unique, celebrate yourself. And remember, an original is worth more than a copy. Enjoy the episode. My name is Tabby. I go by Tabby Rose professionally. I'm 22 years old, 23 next month. I am from England, the southeast of England. I am a professional dancer and specialty act. So I do silks, hoop, um, acro, partner work. I did start out as a dancer, just a dancer, but I kind of added more things to my skill set to get more work and now I love it. So I'm transitioning into circus kind of world, but also still dancer. So I've been a dance captain and company manager for cruise ships in America and I've worked for Disneyland Paris as a performer. Um, Yeah, that's me. When graduating, did you ever think that your first job would be outside of the UK? Um, Well, I always hoped it would be. So I've always auditioned for most international jobs, really. Jobs Mm -hmm. outside the UK. I don't like being in one place for a long period of time. Eight months is my limit. And I'm not a particularly home person. I have my home, but not for a long period of time. I get very bored. (laughs) And I like adventure and I like seeing new places. So it was always something I wanted to venture out into working around the globe. And... How was it when you actually went there and arrived in Paris? Did you know any French? At the time, I only spoke English. Um, and I, I learned French in school when I was very young. But actually, I got kicked out of French because I was so bad at English. Because <laughs> I'm so dyslexic. But, um, so that was annoying because I'd always wished I got to learn, have the opportunity to learn other languages because I think it would make my life a lot easier. Um, it was quite daunting. It was fun experience luckily in Disney there are lots of there's loads of different cultures and languages there's also a lot of English people so you have lots of friends there that you can mm-hmm. talk to they but must, they cast around the world don't they so they yeah they do have, cast around the world yeah. there's Italian Spanish Dutch uh, Australians Americans mm-hmm. every nationality you can probably find in our department in the performing department you yeah. just need to speak French or English fluently. So, okay. yeah. So that was cool, but it was scary, especially signing contracts in French and the housing was all in French and not fully really understanding. Did you arrive in Paris by yourself or did you go with a group of people? No, you arrived by yourself. So I got on the Eurostar from London and yeah, then you arrive there and you meet them at a look, you meet in the email, like you're told to meet at a hotel. So you have to find your way on the bus and then get a bus to a hotel. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so confused. I remember just looking for other people that had really large suitcases that could be there for a long amount of time. <laughs> I think I actually went up to one girl and was like, hey, are you a cast member? Are you joining today to be a cast member? She was like, I am. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and I like stuck to her because she had two giant suitcases. So I was like, ah. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. Being in a foreign country for the first time, without knowing the native language whatsoever really and the rehearsals were they in French or in English and did you have any difficulties like did you face any language barriers for example 
Um, yeah, so in my first job with them, it was lots was in, in English and French. Because my second contract is where I actually found it more difficult because then I did or got really lucky to do a certain show. Um, but pretty much the whole cast was French. So they tend mm-hmm. to go the majority and all the choreographers and dance captains were French. So and um show directors were all French and their Reggies and everything. Is that a French word, Reggies? Do we use that word in theatre in England? Reggies. The Reggies. They're like um <laughs> They're not the stage managers. Is that Disney <laughs> French? I don't know. We just like after Reggie, if you have a problem or something, or like um, oh, they timetable you in, before. or um, we only have them when we're working on a stage show. Yeah, okay, Disney. I think it might be a French thing. <laughs> I just realised that as I was saying that for the Reggies, because if you had a problem, like I can't remember. You called the Reggie. They'd be like, oh, ghost. Yeah, you would. You call the Reggie. <laughs> They're like stage managers, kind of. I mean, if any of our listeners are French, maybe you can let us know if. Yeah, let us know. Reggie's is a thing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, at the time, I only knew like left and right in French, like gosh and doigt. So I'd just listen to them words, like which leg we were using and mm-hmm. trying to learn full dance numbers in French, which is challenging. But my ballet terminology did help true that's interesting because then yeah. you realize that like yeah pete jeté is just a little jump even though we weren't doing ballet steps so you'd be like this is weird because you wouldn't say that in jazz like in jazz you wouldn't be like tombe padware you wouldn't well you would say padware but you know you you know what i mean you wouldn't say the yeah. ballet terminology for like jazz but they were using ballet terminology for like jazz in the studio it's fine when yeah. you're in the studio with mirrors mm-hmm. and you're in that setting it's fine it's when you're doing the blocking on stage, which I think is difficult. When they're saying like, no, upstage, downstage, but in French. And then, yeah. or as people always do, they end up making last minute changes all the time mm-hmm. to the choreography. <laughs> and you're standing there with no mirrors in front of you. So you can't really copy. It's just like the director sat in the chairs, like shouting like, oh, can we change this bit? And you have to learn and adapt. But they're only speaking in French and you don't know what's going on. But the dancers yeah. around you do know what's going on. So when you're that only person on stage, it doesn't know what's going on. You don't want to look stupid. You don't want to look like you don't know what you're doing. Because obviously you're always making sure you're impressing people as a performer. Mm-hmm. You always need to keep your, uh, not game on, but you always need to make sure you're like, oh, if the casting directors are in this room, I want to be cast yeah. for another show. So I need to make sure I look like I can be quick at picking things up and stuff. So yeah, you don't want to be that person in the room that's slowing things down. Mm-hmm. And you know that if they were speaking in English or your native language, that you wouldn't be the person slowing them down. But because they're speaking a different language, yeah. you then are that person that's more difficult, not, un- not understanding or something. So mm-hmm. you just kind of copy along. Or <laughs> The French dancers were very helpful, though. They'd be like, c'est bon? You'd be like, no. <laughs> and then they would like, help you. <laughs> Did you ever find it challenging dancing to a piece that was in another, in another language? Yes. So um there was one track that I know the song very, very well in English. Uh-huh. And I think it's even worse when you know a song so well. Yeah. And then you think you're doing it to that song and then copyright reasons they changed it to French at the last minute and you'd learn all the choreography, all the lyrics and everything to 
the English one and the choreography would suit the meanings of the words mm-hmm. in English. And then yeah. suddenly they're like, oh, now the French version. And obviously, if you, if you know translations, then different words translate into different meanings mm-hmm. and things. Yeah. So as a person doesn't speak that language, you're like, oh, my God. Because also lots of the choreography was um, abliving, kind of making like a freestyle bit, interpreting the words into what it would be. Yeah. So you're like, oh, I can't do that movement anymore for that because it means a completely different thing of what I did before. Mm-hmm. So then we had to go, there was like three of us that were English, so we had to like sit through the script of the words of the song and literally like go through each line and look up in the like French dictionary and stuff and see what they all meant. <laughs> to make sure we meant the same thing. We're like, oh, highlighting it. Like, oh no, that one's changed, that one's changed. And then, but we would work as a team and like figure out what we could do instead, which made sense. But yeah. it was a pain. And how do rehearsals work at Disney? Because I know they're a bit more magical than what we're normally used to. Yeah, so they have um, night rehearsals because obviously you can't re- you can't rehearse a stage show in the middle of the day because there's guests all around and the park's be- running. <laughs> the park's running, and it's a magical space, so you know mm-hmm. <laughs> it'd be weird. So we sometimes rehearse till. Oh my gosh, I once did four night rehearsals in a row. I think I started at 9pm at night and finished at 7am. And you'd be like, they looked after you really well. Like they gave us dinner and everything and breakfast and stuff, mm-hmm. which was great for free. Um, but it's really bizarre because like I'm a big Disney fan. So working mm-hmm. for them is quite a big deal. And I don't know if any Disney fans are listening, but just laying down at 4am in the middle of Main Street for a nap. It's very bizarre. <laughs> like, like, and everything still stays all lit. Like, the castle stays lit and everything. And, like, um, Small World's clock still goes off every 15 minutes. So you'd be like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I'd, like, try to take a nap. They'd be like, do 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 I'd be like, no! Like, oh, it's time to continue. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes we have press come in, which is cool as well. Like, the French press actually come in and, like, record us and put it on their news and stuff so that's interesting as well cool um just to round off the disney chapter of your life what Mm. was the most magical performance experience that you had in disney um i have to say the 25th anniversary Mm -hmm. um that show was just so cool we did this on the actual anniversary day we did this massive show called grand celebration and it had loads of characters it had um like a hundred it had like nearly 200 characters in it and it had 300 oh, wow. dancers in it and it had so much and it was like you, all the characters and dancers would come out the castle mm-hmm. and there'd be the stage in the middle of the hub and like thousands I've never performed so many people like, I remember coming out of that castle and just looking out and there was like thousands and thousands of people like all there watching oh, and it, it was like-, like a celebration of each of the lands mm-hmm. so like Main Street and Discovery Land and all the stuff it was so magical and then after that we also did two parades in the day as well with all the special rare characters and stuff and dancers and it was yeah it was such a magical day yeah remember you I think you posted it a few days ago as a memory I did yeah it was the anniversary yeah. about a week ago because that's it's the 14th of April I think um so yeah and also my contract ended the next day so it was like a whole big like finale and then 
yeah and then we all went home the next day and said bye to our friends and yeah also we worked with loads of people from america because like half the people they hired were from uh, the american parks as well so oh, and they came to paris they did so we made loads of friends with loads of americans and stuff so it was like bizarre saying bye to them and we'll never see them well maybe i'll see them again i don't know <laughs> but yeah it was really really nice i remember we watched it, it on um I think it was facebook live wasn't it yeah they we had a facebook the live. live so if anyone wants to watch it it's still on there <laughs> it is it's still on there just type in grand celebration um disneyland paris and it comes up <laughs> so after paris after disneyland you were lucky enough to land another dream job i got a job with sea cruise uk I don't know if anyone knows the company and then it was on a small ship in the bahamas and florida and that was awesome mm-hmm. I made lots of friends there. Um, most of that class was English, but we did have a couple from R- Romania and a singer from Bulgaria. But apart from that, most of it was English. And then obviously all the different um, nationalities actually on the ship were different workers. So everyone could speak English. Um, I did start to really learn about cultural differences though. Mm-hmm. And learning that it's not, when someone thinks someone's being rude they're not actually being rude it's just the way that they would talk (laughs) like what's your normal isn't someone else's normal and we shouldn't think that that's wrong just because they don't do something a certain way I guess yeah so when it came to rehearsals for example did you um were there any challenges faced with like theater etiquette or um I wouldn't say so much with that cruise it would be my next cruise that like all that Mm-hmm. kind of came into play a bit more because most of, we did rehearsals on land in England my first cruise mm-hmm. um so everything was very much how I was used to very much how I've been trained yeah to be because it's English company and everything it was very challenging though uh, to learn that many shows in two weeks for me that was the first time I'd done production shows like that so yeah. it was quite challenging Especially in on the ship, my first ever experience working on a cruise ship is very different to working on land. You live on, you live at work, and you do everything at work. <laughs> you don't leave work. So anyone that's done a cruise, you know. If you haven't done a cruise, just imagine going to bed where you work, <laughs> eating where you work, everything <laughs> where you work. So it's very weird, very challenging, jet lag in rehearsals it's, it's a lot and um, all so yeah, merges that, that into one. one yeah that was that cruise my next cruise is the one I would say where I had all the different theater etiquettes rehearsal etiquette um all that stuff because we had a very um international cast mm-hmm. there was only two of us from England um me and one other singer mm-hmm. and then my acro partner was from the Ukraine so that was very different for me working with someone for the Ukraine, especially as a acro partner, where you have to do so many risky things with trying to make sure you fully understand what trick you're about to practice. Because <laughs> um, my partner at the time, his English wasn't so good. He's improved so much. He would not stop working. Like it was like midnight and he was like on the first day. And he would not stop skipping his rope, doing his handstands, throwing me around. And our wow. directors kept being like, it's okay. 
you're here it's you fine stop, you, don't, yeah. you can stop you don't need to prove anything to us that like, we know you're really good it's fine and he just kept saying nope I need to prove it to you I need to prove why I'm here to be in America and everything I realized like it was such more of a big deal for him to be in the US mm. than, me, than me because for me I can just get holiday visas whenever I want but for mm-hmm. him he couldn't so um, oh. and I very quickly realized that he wasn't being rude he was just that's his work ethic like in Ukraine that mm-hmm. there's a reason why they're so incredible like at their jobs there's a reason why they have so many circus people come out of that country like acrobats and stuff they train non-stop it's so serious for them like it's not funny like at the end of the day we all got on as family because we were all there for one thing we were all there because we love performing and that's our job and that's our passion mm. and it always got sorted because it had to. We do the, it had to because we did the show every single day. Every single day. We, we don't get one day off. Every single day we do a show or two shows a night for mm-hmm. six months straight. We have no one studies, nothing. It's just the 10 of us in one cast. Mm-hmm. So if someone's ill, someone's hurt and they can't dance, it does happen. Obviously, it was my job as dance captain to respace, but also to make sure everyone pulls together. And when I say rehearsals at this time, everyone comes and prepared and that's the thing I found hard as well because in the UK if you stay at rehearsals at 3.30 rehearsals at 3.30 but you turn up at 3 and you warm Get up there, and warm you're up. ready yeah <laughs> that's how you were taught you were very much taught that otherwise you're fired kind of situation yeah um I mean the my partner from the Ukraine would turn up at like 2.30 and that sounds like me I'm always before. super early <laughs> exactly he and he would be by the time we got there he was sweating because he had trained handstands he had done cardio workout he was ready to work um, yeah <laughs> that's impressive the Americans would turn up half an hour before usually especially the singers to do their vocal ups they were very good um we had many conversations about cultural differences actually that's so interesting. Like many late nights after the show, just kind of chatting about it to each other. But I always learned that it's going to be okay because it has to be okay because the show has to go on. At the end of the day, I can't cancel the show because the singer's phoned in sick half an hour before. Yeah. <laughs> we just have to pull together as a team and figure it out. And actually, the best shows we ever had was when that happened. The first time that happened, this one singer was sick um, mm-hmm. half an hour before the show. And I was obviously very stressed and we made it work. It was a bit of a weird show. People were going in the wrong spacing quite a lot and everything, as you can imagine. But it's the biggest standing ovation we had ever had until that point. Like, we were doing our bows and we were like, oh my God, we've never had such a roaring applause. Like, the audience loved it. And the cruise director was so proud of us. He was like, oh my gosh, you guys smashed that. You've been so proud and I was so proud of my team. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because we really showed the connection on stage that we had for each other because everyone was helping each other. Yeah. You were like, we need we, to do this. Yeah. We stepped out of our comfort zone of doing our usual, what we do every night to a different thing. So like our, our passion kind of showed more, which was really interesting to see. So um, yeah, and everyone was helping each other. Everyone forgot about the arguments we were having. And it was amazing. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. I was very proud of everyone. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a beautiful story of how, like, arts can just unite people and be like, we're here in this together. We're going to do it. 
It did. It really did unite oh. people. It was incredible. It was really, mm-hmm. really cool to see. We're coming towards the end of the interview. I've got two little questions for you. The first one, what is the biggest thing you have learned on your journey as a creative? Um, I think the biggest thing I've learned is kind of what I touched on before, is that even when it gets really stressful and you feel like the show is not going to be good, it's not going to happen, it will happen and your team will pull together because it has to go on. So there's no point stressing about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of kept with me throughout my life now. It's really changed how I view everything in life because I am quite a stressy person sometimes, but it's made me realize that it's okay. And especially as a creative, when you're working with other creative people, they want the show to be so good too. So mm-hmm. they will pull together. Yeah, trust the process. <laughs> mm-hmm. It will be fine. The show will be good. Even if things go wrong, they always yeah. do. It's live theater. And that's okay. And we work so hard to get to the point that we are capable of adapting. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's what you've trained in. Mm-hmm. You are trained to adapt and be able to completely make agree. changes last minute and everyone else is too. Mm-hmm. Even if they're from other countries and stuff, that's the thing we all have in common is that we're all professional. We all have the passion for the theatre, whatever you're singing, dancer, acrobat. It's a universal language. And the closing question, what makes you unique as a performer? Mm. Like, is Um, there anything you maybe found hard to accept as your strength? Like you've seen later, actually, along the way that this is actually my strength. This makes me unique. I don't have to hide from it. I don't have to be scared of it. I think what makes me different is that I mean, not really, this isn't maybe really different because everyone has this and it's not really a sob story, but I've been told no a lot, like a mm-hmm. lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm very, I'm, I'm not really small, I'm about five foot one-ish, um, which is small for a dancer. And throughout my training, everyone I ask is, everyone I ask, will I be able to make it? Will I be able to dance a cruise ship? People I looked up to would say, no, you don't, don't even bother. You, there's no point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't listen. I kept going. Determination always wins. And I think, and because I have achieved my goals, I think when I'm on stage performing, I think it really shows how much I really appreciate it. The mm-hmm. fact I get to be up there, because for some people, they get it quite easily. They've obviously worked hard in their craft, but they're like, either have a really good look to them. So they have more casting opportunities. Every casting that comes up, it's against me. Every mm-hmm. single one is against me, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I'm still good. Um, so I think when I'm on stage, I never take it for granted. And I think that shows like my passion really shows through everything I do, like my movement, my performance, yeah. the way I perform. So yeah, I think that's what makes me different. And I've kind of accepted that. And then I started doing silks and like circus things because I accepted that I wouldn't just get work as a pure dancer. So I added more strings to my bow and then it got me more work. And luckily yeah. I've been able to dance alongside that. Like equally so that's been amazing um but it's not a bad thing it's given me more things and actually <laughs> it sounds so weird to say um it gets me more attention like after the shows people remember me more and they always have because yeah. I'm a small one out of the troop on my first ship everyone was the typical cruise ship height like five foot five apart from me mm-hmm. because I needed one small dancer to be the magician's assistant but you know what it wasn't a bad thing because 
everyone remembered me. All the people in the audience would come up to me with everyone because, oh, you were the small girl that got in the boxes. You're so cool. Like, oh, you were the girl that was in the air. You're so cool. Like, it didn't matter that I looked different in my feather pack, even yeah. though I'm not a showgirl. It was cool. And it made me more rememberable. That's what I'm very passionate about, inspiring people mm-hmm. to follow your dreams. Don't let anyone tell you no. And go Even your own path. if they do path. tell you no, you just say, brush it off your shoulders. Don't argue back. Just say, yeah, okay, whatever, walk away. Yeah, and sometimes and you, you have to going. wait a bit longer, but it's worth it at the end. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you'll feel even more grateful and you'll enjoy the experience even more. And enjoy working with different people from around the globe because it's very eye-opening and you get to meet incredible people and just to see how they all live and learn about the way they are in their normal lives, back home with their families, their work ethics. Yeah. Well, it was lovely having you here. It was a joy. Thank you Thank so you. much for joining. It was joining. a joy to be on. I hope you've enjoyed this episode with Tabby. Artist Avenue will be back next week with another exciting interview. Make sure to subscribe and follow us on Instagram at Artist Avenue Podcast. Lots of hugs, keep smiling and see you soon.